Hi there and welcome to Inside Rugby League, the Yorkshire Evening Post podcast. I'm Richard Byron and joining me on the line as usual today is the Yorkshire Evening Post Chief Rugby League writer Peter Smith. Hi Peter. Hi Rich, how are you? I'm not too bad, thank you. Uh, good, good. Hope everybody, um, hope everybody out there is uh, healthy and, and well and um, listening to the government advice. Stay indoors. Indeed. That's where I am now. i um, been working from home for a few days now and just getting used to it and family getting used to having me around get, giving off at them 24-7. So uh, it's, I'm, I'm enjoying it in its own ways. So my needs must, and, and as we keep saying, lots of people in a lot worse situation than I'll ever be. So, you know, thoughts with anybody who's going through it at the moment. Yeah, and um, I know... Everybody's saying this, but you can't say it enough. Um, thanks to all the uh, emergency workers, the NHS people like that, um, who are keeping us going at the moment. Fantastic indeed. job, and everybody's thinking of you. We are indeed. So, looking at the Rugby League, Peter, big meeting of the Rugby League itself this afternoon. Um, one of the suggestions is that the shutdown into the game will go on longer than first anticipated, I believe. That's right, yeah. Um, Tuesday afternoon, it was actually a Super League board meeting, which is basically the clubs, but attended by the RFL over conference call, we're um, we're told. The outcome of that is basically a a statement that didn't say an awful lot, but, um, but what it confirms is that there won't be any rugby league on April the 3rd, which was the date the initial shutdown last week was set until and also there's a a quote from Ralph Rimmer the RFL chief executive saying it could go on considerably longer than the initial three week period I don't think that's going to be a surprise to anybody at all it's just confirming what we all suspected really but it, it raises some some interesting questions about what's going to happen later in the year as regards, for example, the Challenge Cup, um, that, the next round, the sixth round of that was due to be played on the weekend beginning April the, the 3rd, so that's off. Yeah. Um, the final is in July. Typically, it was brought forward a yeah. month this year, which we all wanted, but um, it's, it's that's turning into a bit of a headache. But um, the sixth round to be played next, and then there's the seventh round... Um, semi-finals and final it's going to be difficult to squeeze all those into the calendar as things stand at the moment and obviously we don't know what's going to happen with Super League and with the other competitions we'll have lost at least three weeks of, of fixtures um, I think you can assume that it'll be double that at the very best and probably probably much longer so we're beginning to look like can we get a whole 29 round Super League season in that has to be a big question mark yeah. now and um, I mean some people I've been speaking to are, are openly saying well I don't know if the season will resume at all I hope it will at this stage we're, we're only in March aren't we yeah. so but it's probably a little bit premature to be talking about the season being cancelled but um, that's certainly something that's that is going to be at the back of, of everybody's minds and then, of course, um, we've got an Ashes series, which everybody's looking forward to, I think. Certainly everybody in this hemisphere is, anyway. Sure. Um, at, in supposedly October and November, and I think there have to be major question marks over that now. 
Yeah, we just, well, we had a tweet earlier from one of our listeners, Daniel Gittos, who was asking regarding the Challenge Cup and perhaps scrapping the loop games as well in order to maybe get the season completed or at least the vast majority of it. I don't know what the exact logistics of that would be. Presumably, I know we touched on it last week, the fact that Wembley Stadium was already booked out and tickets had been sold and people had been making plans. Obviously, if it has to go by the wayside, like everything else is at the moment, I'm sure people will fully understand that. Um, but even so, it's just another headache for somebody to solve. Absolutely, yeah. It, I don't know. I mean, every, there's been concern, hasn't there, about the future of the Challenge Cup for um, for quite some time. And I think, I think it would obviously be a bad thing for the sport Yeah. if they were to lose that. It's a, it's a big, live, televised event still. Um, on on terrestrial, if, I don't know if you can call it terrestrial TV anymore, but on the BBC, yes. Um, um, you wouldn't want to lose that, would you? It's it's still a terrific day out with with all its flaws and faults and problems that have cropped up. Yeah, but it has to be in doubt. I would have thought, and the, the loop fixtures is the obvious solution if we lose, say, six weeks of, of matches. I think it's going to be longer than that, but um, certainly. It would be silly to have to arrange teams playing twa- playing each other a third time. It's going to be hard enough fitting home and away in. Sure. So, um, so I think scrapping those is an obvious solution. Um, I don't know how that would affect season tickets and that sort of thing. People have have purchased season tickets on the basis of um, of a certain number of of home games of, of fourteen home games, and whether they're going to get that or not. I don't know. Clubs might have to reimburse, or, or what a, what the solution would be. I'm not sure, but it, it's certainly. I, I find it hard to believe that we're able to get a full 29 round season in now, even if it is extended into the um, into the autumn or early parts of of the winter. It's worrying times. Clubs have budgeted for a certain amount of income, and it it's not coming in. And if they lose home games, they're going to lose. They're going to lose a, a, a percentage of income which they're budgeting for, so it's going to be tough for everybody, particularly the um, the clubs that are, are less well off as it is. It, it is, yes. I, I was only wondering the other day about season ticket holders and people who bought tickets in advance. Um, my children are members of a, a local football club, and you know we got a mes- message around yesterday, obviously on a lot smaller scale, but the same principle in that. You know, people pay subs and some people are struggling to pay subs and some people are being offered the chance to put their subs on hold or reduce them or indeed to leave the subs at the level they are to help keep the club going. And knowing yeah. rugby league as we do, probably some fans may think, well, there's such an unusual set of circumstances. My little bit of money might help my club keep going a bit longer, even if I don't actually see the games that I've signed up for this time. Um, just a thought, maybe. Um, I think you're absolutely absolutely right there, Rich. But the problem is people, as much as they might like to do that, a lot of people are concerned about the jobs now, aren't they? Some people are being, as we know, people are, are being laid off or so, having to take reduced wages or whatever. And money's going to be in short supply when everything does um, get back to normal. So it might be a case of they dearly love to do that, but they just can't afford to it. it it's tough for absolutely everybody. Yeah. Rugby league clubs are in the same position as, as anybody else. But, um, but yeah, it, it will be 
it's a difficult decision, isn't it? I, I, I'm, nobody knows what is going to happen. That's the that's the top and bottom of it. Yeah, it's a lot of thought is going to have to be put into to everything by the clubs and and the governing bodies as well. Yeah, I mean, my own view for what it's worth, Daniel and Peter, is that I th- my own personal solution would certainly be as painful as it would be to get rid of the Challenge Cup and the loop fixtures and just try and get a home and away season through, heading on through to the playoffs and a grand final. So at least we have uh, one spectacle at the end of the year. As long as that's permissible under the way in which this horrible virus uh, unfolds. My my personal view, sorry, I think the government really are looking at just writing off uh, April and May, say, and in the hope that when the weather and the summer comes round, maybe start of June, things are picking up a bit. Uh, maybe this virus is being curtailed and perhaps people can start getting their lives back to normal a bit more. Uh, that's just my own personal viewpoint, but there's certainly, uh, from the latest draconian measures that have been brought in, it's it's clear that they don't want anyone doing anything in the short and medium term future whether it's sport yeah. or going out of the house or visiting family and friends or whatever it is. That, that's absolutely right. And that's going to prevent playing behind closed doors or, or anything like that, which was one of the, um, one of the suggestions yes. that, that's been made. Um, we discussed that last week. Obviously, there are pros and cons we did, to that. Sorry, Peter. So, I, think, I think you're right. I'd, I would hate to see the Challenge Cup go by the by, but it is it's three extra weeks in the season, isn't it? That yes. Maybe um, other matches could be could be played during it, it's just it is a very difficult issue and I d I don't think there's a right or wrong answer. Somebody's nose is going to be put out of joint, whatever is decided. But I just I just hope we can get some sort of season resumed at some point. Um, it's interesting with the NRL, they, which is the Australian competition, they yes. started playing behind closed doors. They had a full round behind closed doors last weekend. They were sort of trying to quarantine the players and keep them away from everybody. Um, New Zealand Warriors were, were staying in Australia to, to try and fulfil fixtures, which was been a, a great sort of sacrifice from them, if you think about it, staying away from your your friends and family and that sort of thing for, for a long period of time. Yes, but they've, they chucked the towel in at the start of this week and said, no, we, we can't do it. They've suspended their season. There's some talk now that, that they'll play on into November or December um, and we're due to have an Ashes series, as we mentioned, in the autumn. I just can't see that going ahead now. Um, we all know the Aussies aren't, aren't particularly committed to test rugby, they they see the NRL and state of origin as the ultimate, and um, I'm sure they'd be willing to sacrifice a test series for their uh, for their competitions to go ahead, which yes. will be another financial blow to the RFL, who were, were looking to get quite a big windfall from that. It was going to be live televised over here on the BBC. Obviously, there'd be mass ticket sales for that, and it's something people have been looking forward to for a long time. So. I'd be really disappointed if that didn't go ahead, but I suspect that it probably won't. Yes, I think you'd be right. Um, I was doing a couple of uh, rugby league stories for our sister paper, the Yorkshire Post, earlier in the week, and 
it happened that I had to look at some of the pictures from the games that were being played behind closed doors in Australia. Uh, and really, um, with the benefit of seeing those, you, you could almost see the stupidity, for want of a better word, of, of playing games behind closed doors. When you saw the contact between the players and there were a couple of images where players had been cut as well, and you're thinking yeah. fellas are going in two, three and four close together like that, tackling. And I think we mentioned last week about Wayne Rooney saying about players still sweating and being in touch with each other and physical contact. You just think this is just another way that this horrible thing could spread and maybe it's time now to knock it on the head. I, I see the Irish horse racing, which was one of the few sports still taking place and again behind closed doors. That's been scrapped from tonight as well. So really, I think, you know, they're not going to have any sport at all now, really, in the coming weeks. And and I think having seen those pictures from Australia, I feel I do feel happier with that. Um, yeah, it's it's bowing it's bowing to the, the inevitable. But yeah. Once pe- people in Australia started to to get the illness and test positive, it would have to come to a halt anyway. Yeah. Um, so I I just I just can't see any. Anyway, it was a long-term solution. I think we said that last week. It might have been okay as a stopgap. You might manage it for a week or two, but not not in the long term. It's the right decision to suspend it. Sport can't live in a bubble, can it? The, the no. Olympics are now off until next year. I mean, that's a huge decision, but it is. inevitable. That there are more important things. People's health is, is more important. and Clearly, the only way that... Um, this that we're going to get the better of this virus is is by social distancing and and um, keeping everybody apart and slowing the, the spread of it so the health services can cope. Sure. And that's not going to happen if you're playing if you're playing sport. Plus, it it <laughs> it distracts other other people. You have to have medics and um, that sort of thing on on duty at yes. every games, whether, whether a crowd's there or not. And they've got better things to do, frankly, at the moment than than attend to rugby players. So, yeah. you know, rugby league and other sports have to just bite the bullet and accept that they're part of the real world and, and that this is something that's affecting absolutely everybody. It is, and hopefully, you know, like it's been mentioned in other areas of life, uh, when things settle down, you know, maybe the government will be able to look at helping sports and clubs out. You know, there was an interview with Ralph Rimmer yesterday um, saying that he'd had some positive talks with the government regarding maybe help financially further down the line because obviously the government appreciate that sport plays a big part in everybody or a lot of people's lives and they want something positive to do uh, both in the short and long term once this thing's over. Indeed, and I think I mentioned a couple of weeks ago that when there was some criticism that the RFL was following government advice, that that was probably a sensible thing to do from their point of view, in that if they're going to need money from the the government further down the track or are going to request it, then they need to do what the government is telling them now. Yes. Whether you, agree, yeah. whether you think the advice was right right or wrong from the, from the RFL's point of view, um, it would be no good going against it and then going cap in hand to the to the government later, so I think that's um, that's why, well, one of the reasons they've been following government advice so closely. And I wouldn't have thought the 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 government could argue too much with the way rugby league's handled things so far. No, not at all. 
And uh, some good news, though, coming out of Rugby League as well, Peter. We were t- chatting just before we came on the air and you were mentioning to me that Leeds Rhinos and Wakefield Trinity have been doing a bit of work with their respective communities and supporters, uh, lending yeah. a, hand, a helping hand and boosting morale, um, you know, in their communities during this shutdown. Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure other clubs uh, are doing it indeed, as well. Yes, yeah. But um, I spoke to, to Leeds last week and they're they're doing a, a fantastic job. They're I think they're called customer experience staff. People who work in the top ticket office, that sort of thing. Obviously, they're not selling tickets at the moment. No. Um, so they've got they've got a bit of time, and and what they're doing is they're ringing around all the club's elderly or um, vulnerable members, season ticket holders, who they have on a database, and just sort of saying, you know. Are you all right? Is there anything we can do for you? Um, do you need anything? Do you just want to chat? And I think a lot of them just want someone to say hello to. So yes. it's just nice to get that phone call and, and to have someone to chat to. And the, they don't have the resources to sort of deliver mass amounts of products. They don't have, have lorry loads of, of things. But on a couple of occasions, they've they've delivered things like someone told them that they were short of toilet roll, so yes. they happened to have some in the office. So they they nipped around with with that, and I just think that's that's what clubs should be doing. Clubs are a big part of the community, and I think it's fantastic that um, that clubs like Leeds and I believe Wakey, your team um, are doing it as well, and I suspect others are. Just just connecting with the community and giving something back. Yes, really. Certainly. I, I think it's great. It's great to see. Um, and, um, and as you say, a, a nice morale boost if, if you know, your favourite player turns up at your house with a, a bit of goodies or, you know, as you say, a bit toilet roll, other essentials, you know, just nice yeah. to know you haven't been forgotten, but also nice to see a, a familiar face in a way and yeah, just take so. your mind I mean, off, off all the other things that, that are going on. I, I don't think players so much are getting involved because obviously one of the clubs is clubs' priorities is keeping the players fit and healthy, so they're, right. they're being kept at arm's right. length from, right. from everybody at the moment. But it doesn't really matter, does it? Anyone from, from the club pops around and says, here's a, here's a loaf of bread or a, yeah. a packet of toilet roll or, or, or just phones you up and says, how are you? It's just, an, it's just a nice gesture. These people have supported clubs through thick and thin for um, for years, and, and it's giving something back, and I... I think it's admirable for, that um, that all clubs are doing this. I know Leeds, Leeds Rhinos Foundation are, are also offering their services. They do a lot of work in schools and, and that sort of thing. Obviously, that's gone by the board at the moment. But they're offering their services to anyone who, who thinks they can help. And that's, that's another fantastic community initiative. And in these tough times and the tough times we'll face when things get back to normal and, and clubs have got less money and and are struggling a little bit. I think all these things will will help. It's it's great to see, and it's a little positive that's coming out of a grim situation. Indeed, and I certainly echo all that. And as you say, ho- hopefully uh, both parties can repay each other when the time is right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure. Well, loyalty works both yes, ways, doesn't it? Indeed. And I think we'll see that. Just finally, Peter, a bit of. Uh, it's kind of off the field news. Uh, again, it was brought up by Daniel, but something I m- probably meant to mention last week, just before the shutdown, uh, Lee Radford lost his job over at Hull and one of the early people being linked with the job was the former Wakefield and 
Leeds Rhinos player Gareth Ellis, who of course came out of retirement to start playing for Hull again the other season. Um, just wondered your thoughts on that. I know again it's it's probably a bit early because of the close down. They may not be looking to appoint someone straight away, but obviously sorry for Lee. You know, done a great job there and made his own bit of history with the club he also played for. Uh, but I think probably the right decision in that he'd probably come into the end of the road there. Well, poss- yeah, possibly. I think the upsetting thing was the way um, the way it was it was done. Really, yeah. isn't it? I think everybody was um, was disappointed in that. I mean, Lee Radford's given great service to Hull as a player and a coach. He's somebody I've got a huge amount of, of time for. I don't know him that well. Um, but I've come across him a, a few times, and, he, and he's just a, a straight-up decent bloke. Yeah. Um, everybody in the game that I know likes him, and nobody wanted to see him treated the way he was, really. Having said that, coaches have a limited lifespan in terms of, of jobs at a particular club, and he'd been there a while, had some success. You have to say, he won the Challenge Cup twice, which was... Yeah, certainly. Um Obviously, better than than most Hall coaches have um, have achieved, but they were underperforming with the current um, squad they've got, the amount of money they've sent. So I don't think it was a surprise that it happened. As to who will replace him, I, there won't be a, a shortage of candidates, I don't think. Um, and obviously, um, Gareth Ellis is someone who who will be will be mentioned. Yeah. He does a very good column in the Yorkshire Post. He, he does, it's really excellent, I have really to worth, say. worth yeah. reading. It's, it's a really interesting read whenever um, whenever you get a chance to have a look at that. He yeah. may well be someone for the future, but I suspect probably not in this um, in this instance. I think it's probably a little bit too early for him. He'd, he'd know that as well. Um, having gone with a former player in, in Lee Radford, they might be looking for something a little bit different this time around, and there'll be plenty of candidates out there. Um, obviously, some some fairly high-profile names, assistants in the NRL have been mentioned, but they'll be on big wages. Whether whether somebody like that can be tempted over, I don't know. But I think, from what I can tell, Hall are content to to um, take the time over it. And as all clubs say, they, they want to get the right man. In a way, it's not. It's sort of not urgent, is it, when we don't no. know when the sport's going to resume. But obviously, they want whoever comes in to hit the ground running. So I'm sure things are happening behind the scenes. But um, as to who it's going to be, hard to say at this moment in time. I think when... Recently, when Hull have replaced the coach, they've always seemed to have a succession plan, and I'm not sure that's the case this time. It doesn't look like they've got anyone specific no. in mind, which is um, which is interesting. I have to say, Leeds did something similar um, a little under a, a year ago when um, when Dave Ferner was sacked without an obvious candidate to um, to replace him, and Richard Agar took the job more or less by default, obviously, former Hull coach. And, and it wasn't an appointment that a lot of people were excited about, but he's done a terrific job at um, at Leeds. So sometimes these things have a habit of working out quite well. Yes, indeed. Uh, one person I saw linked 
partly through the work I do with the the White Peak, because I kind of hop between the two papers these days, as Craig Fitzgibbon. Yeah, um, yeah, that's that, that's one of the people I was alluding to. Yes, mentioning his name. I mean, he he'd be he'd be a good choice. He's making a name for himself as a coach. He's an ex Hall player, um, popular sure. popular at the club. Um, who past Hall players always seem to have a lot of loyalty to the club. They always seem to speak highly of, of their time there. But he he'll be on a lot of money over in Australia and whether he whether Hull could afford him or he could be tempted at the stage of his career to come to Super League, I don't know. He's not I don't know him so I I don't know how he'll be thinking or what he'll be thinking about, but but someone like that would be would be a terrific appointment. I'm just not sure how feasible this is. Um, there are others of a similar ilk, like um, Jason Demetrio, who you yes, know, indeed, well, yeah. former, former Wakefield player and, and captain, um, coach Keithley, and has gone over to the, to the NRL as an assistant and is doing a, a terrific job over there. And, and he's heading for, for a head coach's job. So he's the sort of person who might get linked with him, but isn't, isn't going to come because he's got, um, he's got bigger things lined up. Yeah, um, I suspect that they might be looking at somebody, um, somebody more established from over here. But I'm not sure who who is available at the moment. Um, the, there aren't any obvious names, really. Certainly, English coaches. I and mean, it'd be nice. It would be nice to see them maybe give somebody from the lower divisions a shot. Yes, it's difficult when you're you're a, a club with aspirations to be at the top of the game to do that. People expect you to bring in a bigger name, but um, somebody like James Ford, who's done a terrific job at York sure. and deserves an opportunity sooner rather than than later. Um, people at York would hate me saying that. They'll say, well, we want him to stay with us and get us in, into Super League. But you'd think he's a Super League coach in, in waiting and he may well be. I suspect he'd probably have to do his time as an assistant somewhere before he gets a head gig. But it would be nice for someone like that, an up-and-coming British coach, to get a chance at, at a big club like um, like Hull. Yeah. Um, he coached before, obviously, but Daryl Powell, when he moved to Castleford, he came from Featherstone, so he stepped up from the Championship and he's done a terrific job. So coaches can do it. and You know, I'd just like to see some faith put in young up and coming British coaches. Give them a chance. Let's see what um, let's see what they can do. Indeed. Um just as you mentioned James Ford, I'd just written his name down on my pad. So I'll throw one in as well. Danny Ward was another uh, the London Broncos former lead Rhinos player who obviously has done a fantastic job there. And um, particularly last season when he brought London up and almost kept them up despite everybody saying they wouldn't win a game. Um, and uh, yeah. Jason Dimitri as well, uh, you know, uh, with no disrespect to Chris Chester, I hope he was at Wakey for years, but if and when the day inevitably does come that he moves on, hopefully again, maybe to bigger and better things, obviously no one bigger than Wakey, uh, then perhaps um, well, in my well, dream would Jason be... Well, Jason Dimitri was lined up to take over from Wayne Bennett, isn't he? That's yes. Sydney, so he, yeah, but he's not great. <laughs> well, no. When I win the Euro Millions, I'll get JD in to, yeah. uh, to join Wakefield. But <laughs> but you never know. I mean, no. it, you know, it'd be good to, to see he's, he's half English anyway. He's, he's Jason Demetrio. It'd be good to see him over here at some 
Yeah, I mean, Danny, Danny Ward's obviously coached in, in Super League last year and did a, did a terrific job. I know they finished bottom, I know they got relegated, but they got more points than any team finishing bottom has ever done. In any other season, they'd have, they'd have stayed up. And he's he's really building a name for himself. But he's, Ward is settled in London. I think he... I think at the moment, genuinely, his priorities are, are to um, to get the Broncos back into Super League. Yeah, and and good luck to him. You know, he's a he's a he's a Southerner now. He's a Surrey lad. Yes, <laughs> and um, he's enjoying it. He's enjoying it down there, doing a terrific job. Um, but he's certainly, if you were looking to, if you were looking to appoint a coach, he's certainly somebody that would um, that would probably be on your your shortlist if you're looking at an English appointment. Um, the other one that was talked about and was linked with Leeds was Ian Watson, but he's just recently signed a, a renewed contract at um, at Salford. These are people that are in a job, though, yeah. um, and that's an extra hurdle to cross if um, if you want to bring them in. I mean, no, nobody's untouchable, are they? But um, people in jobs, obviously, you have to think about compensation for their current club and that sort of thing um, so I don't know I don't know which way they'll be looking but um, I would I'd like to see Danny Ward stay at London for a little while and, and develop himself down there and hopefully get them back into Super League because I think London London enhances the competition when they are in uh, when they are in Super League indeed yeah I would agree with that um, as you say the Coaches themselves have their own ambitions, but sometimes it pays to stay where you are and, and, and the devil you know and uh, carry on the good work, the foundations that you've laid down at a club. Yeah, absolutely. Actually, speak, speaking of um, speaking of Danny Ward, he took over from um, Andy Henderson, who was coach of London before that, now at Warrington. He's another name that will probably start cropping up in conversations when uh, when head coach vacancies arise, he's, he's learning his trade at Warrington under Steve Price and uh, very highly rated. So that's someone else to to watch out for, the former Castleford and uh, and Sheffield captain. We'll add him to the list as well. I'm sure that's a topic we'll come back to in the in the weeks ahead. Um, for, for now, I think that that's all from us, Peter. But I'd just like to say again that hopefully we'll be coming back each week during this crisis just to keep you updated with what's going on in the world of rugby league any changes any developments any announcements regarding the rest of the season and obviously as well you can find that out every day on the Yorkshire Evening Post website yorkshireeveningpost.co.uk or by following Peter on Twitter at Peter Smith YEP or myself Richard Byron YE, at Richard Byron YEP sorry and at at YEP Sports Desk. There's all the latest sports news on there and, of course, all the latest on the coronavirus too. Uh, but for now, I'd like to thank you again for your time, Peter. Um, I urge you and everybody listening to stay safe and stay, so stay healthy and well and hopefully we'll be in touch again soon. Thank you.